Hey, hey, hey. What's up, everybody? How are you? Good afternoon. Good morning to those on the West Coast. Good afternoon if you're on the East Coast Central. Um, hello. Um, welcome to the live stream. Are you excited about today's topic? Um, today, I'm going to be talking about how to respond to government contracting opportunities. So I know that there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of you out there are stepping out and, you know, you're, you're DIYing a lot of this stuff and just have some questions about, you know, when it comes to contracting. And so that's what I'm here for. Um, I want to, I want to share and just kind of make it as easy and accessible um, as possible. So you can really, really understand that process, right. Of responding to contracting opportunities. Hi, Phyllis. Hi, Nefertini. Good morning. Hello, Coco. Hey, congratulations to Coco. I'm getting her business certified. I saw your boss lady tag in the back. <laughs> Hi, Anita. Good morning. Um, let's see who else we have. Hi, Ashanti's. Hi, Trey. Good morning. Hi, Stacy. Hello. Yes. Hey, Elizabeth. Happy Friday. <laughs> Hi, Shondetta. Jacinda. Hello. Um, Hi, Renee. Good. Good morning. Good afternoon to all of you. So um, today we're going to be talking about you know that topic for those who have. Whether you've gone through my program and now you're at the process of bidding or, you know, you've already done some stuff on your own and you're looking at RFPs and RFIs and all that stuff. And you just want to know, like, what am I doing? How to do this? All the stuff. So I'm going to share some nuggets with you to, to help you um, through that process. Um, if you are new to my channel, I'm Carwana D. I'm a a uh, certified government contractor, business growth strategist. Um, I teach women and minority small business owners how to grow their business with government contracts so they can have consistent, sustainable income. This has been one of the most fail-proof ways, right, that I know of, I personally know, to grow a sustainable business so you can have those, uh, you know, regular paying income, consistent income, all that stuff, right? Um, but also, not only is it fail-proof, definitely it's a, a, a smart strategic like if you talk about smart water right this is a smart business right it's just a smart business model to add that component um to your business because like you know it's a fail-proof way to grow your business but also like you know during times of epidemic and pandemic and things of that nature those businesses who's who are I'm turn this heater off <laughs> those businesses who are doing business you know with the government are um you know growing and they're landing like million dollar multi six figures and they're landing contracts like right now while, while a lot of other businesses are closing their doors. And so if you're not already in the process of getting started with government contracting, I highly recommend that you do, whether it's with my help or DIY or however you're going to do it. It's just something that you definitely want to do. I highly encourage everyone to. Hi, Pia. Hello, Catherine. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Monica. Good morning. Hi, Layla. Hello. How are you all? And so um, so today, um, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to address three things that come into play when it comes to responding to government contracting opportunities, but also I'm going to cover the top three types of opportunities that you'll find out there so you can just have an, a better idea because I know a lot of times, um, you know, it, it could be daunting, like, you know, just just even thinking about, you know, writing a proposal or just responding to something so big, especially with all the the jargon. Hello, Mary. Hi, how are you? The jargon that comes, you know, in the documentations. And so the three basic types of contracting opportunities um, that I'm going to share um, and discuss and cover today are RFP, which stands for Request for Proposal, RFQ, 
which stands for request for qualifications and RFIs, um, which is a request for information. Okay. So these are, I mean, there's a bunch of different other types that you'll see out there, like solicitations and other things, but these are like the, the main primary three, you know, basically um, that you'll see. Hi, Jacqueline. I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Hi, Michelle. And so those are the, the primary three. So how it all works. I'm going to start with um, RFP, right? So for those who are interested in, you know, doing proposals um, for the government and responding to contracting opportunities, that is like one of the most common types of opportunities you'll find out there, right? And so it's really all about understanding the acronym so you can know how to respond, right? So this is some of the stuff I teach inside my program. Understand what you're responding to. So RFP, request for proposal, is basically, um, this is like the, the, the big one, right? So this is the one where they want everything from your qualifications to your scope of work to your team to your organization and how you're going to deliver, you know, your method, methodology of how you're going to, you know, deliver on the scope of work. So basically, when you go to, um, you know, an RFP, it'll actually um, tell you exactly what they want, right? And so the simplest way to understand what's in the RFP or how to respond to an RFP or any types of these opportunities is to to read, okay? Um, and I know sometimes it'd be like 20 pages, you know, like I just want to skip to what they, you know, I just want to skip to the bottom and ask and just respond, right? So here's what I did in the beginning because I'm not a reader. Like when things come, like when I order things, even like things that you got to fix up and set up, I never read instructions. I never, I'll just like figure it out, you know, and that's the long way, right? So I never read instructions because I figure, you know, I was full. I have brothers that will read instructions and put this stuff together. Um, my husband will put stuff together and read instructions. But me, I'm like, I'm just going to try to figure it out and see what makes sense, right? Without reading instructions, right? And so that's just, that's my, that's the way I do things, right? And so, you know, my husband always tells me, why don't you just read the instructions? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it, it looked like this, go with that, right? And so that's what I was doing. Um, <laughs> she said, that's my problem as well. <laughs> yeah, so everyone's not a reader, right? But it's important to read. And that's what I had to learn. So, because in the beginning, when I first started bidding on like um, contracting opportunities, I, I was like, well, let me just, I know what I do, right? I know what I do. I know what I want to sell. I know how much I'm going to price it. Let me put together my own proposal and send it, you know, with that, right? On that opportunity. So that's what I was doing. And so when you do things and what I learned was that I was, I was getting a lot of crickets <laughs> and I was getting like non-responsiveness and rejections and stuff. And I'm like, why? I know I have a bomb proposal, right? This, you asking for a proposal. This is my proposal. Like, I didn't want to read all that stuff, like all that lingo that they're talking about. I'm like, I already know what, what exactly it is that I want to do. So that was a big mistake that I had to learn, of course. Um, and once I learned how to read <laughs> line for line, I learned that, um, although there's a lot of like jargon, right? A whole bunch of fluff inside like these proposal opportunities that you're looking at, um, really specifically line for line, they tell you exactly what they want. They'll tell you, we want to know um, your qualifications. 
We want to know, um, can you demonstrate those qualifications? Who are your references? And guess what? Um, any references or past performance um, experience does not have to be a government entity. It can be a person. It could be a friend that you did it for. It could be your own business that you did it in. And so they just want you to demonstrate that you have that experience so that you can um, re you know, reference whoever your reference is going to be or whatever or show whatever project that is that it's on. So when they say demonstrate, they don't want you to say, oh, I have five years of experience. Right. They want you to demonstrate. It means that in the past five years, these are the projects that I've been on. I've done it for X, Y and Z. You know, maybe project size. Here's the references who, who I've done it for. So that's demonstrating that you have that experience. And so they also. And they also, I can't see the video. So everybody else, can can everybody else see me? I think it's probably just you, Carol. Um, I read everything, fine print included. <laughs> oh, Sky says she reads everything. So, um, so yeah, so, so what I've learned was that also, um, in addition to the things that they're saying, right, they'll, they'll say, they'll tell you, right? So you're based, they'll tell you what they're looking for. We're looking for someone to do this scope of work, okay? Can you demonstrate that you have you meet the minimum requirements? Can you demonstrate that you have this experience? Who are your references? Right. Um, what would you charge us? All that stuff. They're asking you. And then at the end, you know, they'll always have like a point of contact. Right. And a period where you can actually ask questions to that point of contact. But at the end of that RFP, it'll say, here's the format. Right. So that's your template. It'll say, first, I want you to, to respond to this in with a cover letter. Right. And then I want the cover letter signed. Right. And then I want your who's your team and I want your resume and I want your um, methodology. Right. So they give you the format one, two, three, four, five. And all you do really is respond in one, two, three, four, five. Exactly. So they tell you exactly what they want and how they want it delivered. Um, if you're delivering things by mail, they'll say we want X, Y and Z copies or we want it on a flash drive and five flash drives. They'll tell you exactly. So you have to read. So I learned I had to learn how to read. And it wasn't until I actually started reading that I actually started getting results and started winning contracts because I, I read it. Um, um, yeah. So uh, so Shondetta. So. It's pretty much the same. So Sam, beta.sam.gov is the federal contracting. So she asked, are there RFPs in um, beta.sam? There are. Um, you'll see mostly solicitations, same thing, right? It's all the same stuff. Um, but um, so you'll see a bunch of different acronyms there, but it, it's basically all the same. So whether it's an RFP, RFI, RFQ, solicitation, they, they, it all tells you exactly what they want and how, you, how they want it delivered. And so, um, so I always tell people, you can't really buy a template, right? You can't really tell someone to write a proposal for you, or maybe you can't, maybe you can hire someone to write it for you. But at the end of the day, they're going to read and respond. That is the same thing that you can do, read and respond appropriately. And so you don't want to put anything more or definitely anything less than what they're asking you to do. And they give you the template, they give you the format, and they tell you exactly what they want you to respond to. And so really it's just reading. And I know that Sometimes it's like 30 pages, 20 pages or whatever, but you have to go through it. It's, it's going to be a lot of fluff in there, but you, you know, you highlight the things that's, that's saying required and definitely um, needed and necessary and highlight those things that they're saying, this is the scope of work. Cause then when they ask you, what are you going to provide? Right. Then you just 
tell them what they told you <laughs> exactly word for word. This is the scope of work that we're going to provide. And this is how much we're going to charge for, for that. Right. Only, you know, the value of your work and how much you want to charge, but a great way to discover like, well, what are other, other, what are other businesses, um, basically charging for this particular type of work is to do, um, pat, you know, a public records request. So you can actually reach out to the agency and ask for public records of the last winning contract and actually see, sometimes it has the pricing in there. Right. Um, otherwise it's just kind of like, you just kind of got to gauge it by just trying, right. If you start winning a lot, um, at your rate, really easy, then you then you want to increase that rate and see, right? And if it comes back that it's too much, then you know your sweet spot. So a lot of these things is just going to be, um, you know, trial and error, right? <laughs> so it's going to be trial and error as well. So uh, so we have, so I just covered RFP. So RFQ, what is an RFQ? RFQ is request for qualifications, right? They don't care about your pricing. They don't want to know your methodology. They don't want to know no full proposal. They're not asking you for nothing major. All they want to know is, are you qualified? Can you do the work? And they specifically ask, it is specifically say minimum qualifications is two years of experience, right? If you're demonstrating, hey, we're interested in, you know, um, in this particular opportunity, uh, we have two years of experience. Here's what we've done. Here's some projects that we've been on. Here are the references. If it's something visual or graphic, here's some samples of our work or whatever. Then you're responding appropriately to a, a request for qualifications, right? So a, a proposal is a full proposal of everything, the qualifications, the minimums, the, 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 the numbers, the methodology, right? But the RFQ is just, are you qualified? And you have to demonstrate that, right? And so it's, it's easier. A lot of times with RFQs, um, what they do is they, um, if you respond to an RFQ and you win that, they'll have you in a bit uh, like a pool of qualified contractors who can provide that service. And then when they need it or as needed, they'll start pulling, you know, from that pool of pre-qualified people. Um, and so that's, that's basically for the most part how RFQs work. So for, Highlight is so helpful. Yeah, it is, Catherine. <laughs> so for RFIs, which are requests for information. So what happens with an RFI, which for the most part, you'll see RFIs on like um, beta.sam. So for like federal contracting opportunities. So it's called a request for information because they haven't put it out for bid. They haven't put it out for like a qualifications pool or anything like that. They just want to know who's interested, right? What would you, um, they'll say, hey, this is this is our idea, right? This is something that we want to do. Um, and depending on who responds, right? We're requesting information. How would you put the put together a scope of work for this? Or how much would you charge for something like this? Whatever the information is that they're asking for in that RFI, who, depending on who responds, right? If mostly women are responding, then they'll put it back out as an RFP or solicitation as a set aside for women. So that's why it's important for you to respond to RFIs, because if you provide the methodology, the scope of work, the pricing and everything like that. And then when they put it out for um, bid, right, it'll be it'll have your information. So so guess who will be most qualified? You, because you put it together, you responded. So that is um, typically how for the most part, you'll end up getting went in a bit because you responded to the RFI. And so that's a really, really great um, 
a great um, way to, you know, just have things tailored, custom tailored to your business is to look for RFIs and respond to them. Um, if it's minorities that are highly uh, responding to RFIs, then guess what? It'll come out as a, a set aside for a minority owned small business. OK, um, and it'll come out. If you are the one responding, it'll come out with um, here's the scope of work and it matches you. Here's the minimum requirements and it matches you because you're the one who provided that data. So they're basically scouting information so they can have they don't really know what they want, but they have an idea. And so you're helping them. Right. Put that together. So those are the three. So those are the three most common. So how do you know what to charge? So um, hi, Melissa. So we actually, so I just actually covered that. You don't really know. You know, um, what you know is like your value. And so basically you don't really know what to charge, but you know not to charge them what you charge a regular client. So say for instance, if you have a service where you charge maybe $75 an hour for a client, then you know, you want to at least three times that, right? For the government. Right? Okay. So that's like a, baseline, right? Um, idea. You want to at least three times that. But the best way to find out about pricing is to do a public records request of the last winning bid so that you can look at what did the other people charge for it? And so um, for the most part, for as far as pricing, it's, it's going to be all trial and error. You know what I mean? Like you, you put something out there, if they accept it, you know that, you know, that's a good number for you to start. Um, and if not, and guess what? If they don't accept it, at least you'll know why, because they, they're always, um, you know, you can always request a debrief, like why? And most of the time they do that anyway. They'll say, well, your numbers were too low, so it doesn't seem like you're really qualified or your numbers were too high that, you know, to bring your numbers down a little bit. Right. Um, so it's always going to be a learning experience. So there are. Um... Stay with us. We'll be right back. The coaching conversation. 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. In inclusive of, um, regardless if it's an RFP, RFQ, RFI, there are typically three things or three responses that small businesses um, will have, right? There's three ways that you can respond um, to an opportunity. When you see that, like after you've gone through the process of, you know, all the certifications and the documentation and all the rejections and Sam until you fix your stuff, right? <laughs> After all that stuff. So here you are now ready to start bidding on opportunities. And there's three things um, that can that can happen. Number one is fear, which is false evidence appearing real. That's all it is. Fear in our heads is in our minds. And so sometimes um, you know, after we've gone through this whole entire process, we look at this language, we look at all these papers and we're like, oh, my God, what do I do? And, and fear will stop us from just taking the leap. OK. And because we're scared, we're afraid to fail. And I've been there. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid that we're going to do it wrong. But guess what? 
the best way to learn is to do it wrong and figure out what you did wrong so you can do it right the next time, right? So I think John Maxwell, that is like one of my um, success leaders that I actually follow. He has a book called Fail, Failing Forward, right? And so it's okay to fail as long as you fail forward, as long as you take the, um, you know, the milestones um, that you've learned along the way and, and take it as a lesson and an opportunity to figure it out, to learn what you did wrong so you won't repeat that the next time. And that's how you perfect your craft. That's how you actually become better. And that's actually how I became the expert. I fell forward very many times. And that's how I learned that um, you don't respond to all opportunities the same. That's how I learned that I can't just create a proposal and just throw it out there, right? I have to read, right? That's how I learned that there's a difference between the RFP and the RFQ. And then the way that you respond is it needs to be appropriate to the type of opportunity that you're responding to, right? I did a lot of failing <laughs> forward first, <laughs> okay? And so um, so fear the fear is the false evidence of appearing, of appearing real, so um, and don't be afraid. Just do it like you just have to get out there and just do it. So we're going to eliminate fear. So the second thing that could happen is um, maybe you maybe you'll you know, you you've, you went the, the mile to do the RFP or to submit a proposal and somebody told you no. <laughs> and so here's where um, if you do a lot of Googling and you own YouTube and stuff where people are saying, oh, black folks don't get RFP, you know, contracts or the government really don't give our businesses contracts or women don't get contracts or whatever. A lot of times it's because they've been told no the first time and they gave up because they got got to know. Right. You throw a tantrum, tantrum, tantrum. But um, I always say if at first you don't succeed dust yourself off and try again, because eventually that no is going to become a yes. And once you get that yes, that is it, right? That is your template to get more yeses. You know exactly what to do the next time. You know how to grow and expand for off of that one yes. But sometimes you have to get through the no's to get to the yes. And so I remember years ago, um, the, like one of the first businesses or second businesses that I that I started um, back in the early 2000s was a um, multi-level marketing business. So I've done ACN, I've done TOC, you know, I've done Mary Kay. So I've done that stuff. Right. And I didn't like it. I was I'm not, I'm not a MLM type of person, <laughs> you know, because I don't like talking to people and trying to convince them all that stuff. I don't like that. But um, but what I did learn and, and that's a really great industry to really learn um, from is what I did learn is that you have to go through a lot of no's to get the yes. And the yes is the gold mine, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes um, the no's, you know, will turn into a relationship with these agencies that will then say, hey, this is what you can do next time or whatever. And so you never know, right? So we have fear, we have um, no, and people just, you know, throwing a tantrum because they got to know. Um, but number three is what you what you want, how you want to respond to contracting opportunities. And that's consistency. <laughs> Dusting yourself off and trying again, whether um, whether you get a no or not, where even when you get a yes, just let's do it again. Let's let's make that yes a bigger number. Right. Um, and just continuing to grow because consistency is going to be key to winning and to keep winning, you have to be consistent. You can't just, you know, um, try one time and, and, and it doesn't work. And then you just give up and say it didn't work. You have to really be consistent and diligent about um, trying again and understanding and learning and um, and just growing and expanding. That's, that's pretty much it. So hopefully this was helpful. 
So hopefully this was helpful to those of you who are at the process where you're, you're, you know, you're certified, you have your certifications and now you're looking at opportunities and you're like, what the heck is this? How do I respond? Don't be fearful. Just do it. Um, it's okay to get a no. In fact, you want to get to get to the no as fast as possible so that you can learn and understand, right? Um, or what, what you did right or what you did wrong, all that stuff, because it's the no is the yes is on the other side. Because right when you think you're about to give up, yes is on the other side. I remember um, hearing, like, because of course I grew up on like James Cleveland and he used to talk about um, reach beyond the break. <laughs> uh, Melissa says, I'm signing up with you ASAP also. <laughs> he, he talks about reach beyond the break, right? At that breaking point when you think you're about to give up. Just when you think you're about to give up, your yes is on the other side. So never give up. Keep trying. Be consistent. That is, you know, that's my that's my word for the day, basically. Um, so RFPs, RFQs, RFIs, I don't care if it was an RFO, which is, doesn't even exist. All that is is acronyms, right? All this paperwork and jargon is just stuff that you have to get through, the fluff that you have to get through to get to the other side. So don't be discouraged. Just do it. There's opportunities out there. Um, in fact, I'm seeing daily, <laughs> I'm seeing daily opportunities. And I'm like, man, I wish I had the capacity to go after all this stuff, but I don't have the capacity. So that's why I share it. It's literally trillions of dollars in, in government contracting opportunities. Um, literally a $40 million contract is out in the Bay Area right now. 28% of that is going to minority and small business owners. And I'm like, Hey, I just I, all I can do is share the information. You want to get information? You want to go after it? It's out there, right? Um, this opportunity, especially now, the new fiscal year just began, and so there the agencies are calling, they're sending emails, they're reaching out. Prime contractors are looking for people. It's just it's it's too much. It's a lot of opportunities for you not to take part, part to take part in that. Um, thank you, thank you, Coco. So um, Elizabeth said, uh, oh, okay. So yeah, so Elizabeth, my team member, Elizabeth can help you, um, Nefertini or Melissa, whoever wants to sign up, um, qualifyforgovernmentcontracts.com. She is on here. She is my awesome team member. So it's Stacia who's working behind the scenes. And so definitely, um, if you want to know more about government contracting and RFPs, like all of this stuff, the whole blueprint strategy, the whole template, like I provide in three easy phases. Okay. <laughs> um, and you go to qualifyforgovernmentcontracts.com to work with me. And so um, I do want to say that coming up, we have another um, five-day challenge that we're going to be doing sometime in November. I think it's November 9th, but we'll be talking more about that. Right now, the wait list is open to be a part of that challenge. Um, and so let me see. Thanks, Nefertini. Okay, cool. That is it. Thank you. Um, Nefertini says you better preach. <laughs> so, um, so that is it for today. So basically I just covered, um, you know, the, the top three main types of um, contracting opportunities that you will see RFP, RFQ, and RFIs, and basically the three types of responses that we as small business owners will have, which is either allow us ourselves to be fearful, right? Which is false evidence appearing real, um, allow ourselves to take no and just give up or be consistent. So what, what, what choice would you like to make? Um, again, to learn more about government contracts, to work with me, for me to help you in this process, you can go to qualifyforgovernmentcontracts.com or you can reach out to my um, team member, Elizabeth Evangelista, who's in the group right now. So thank you so much. Um, you're welcome.
Awesome. Yep. And wait list for our free challenge is govconchallenge.com. So the free challenge was super off the hook um, earlier in this month. Um, we, we're going to have another special guest who's actually, um, you know, doing very well in um, government contracting as a um, um uh, cleaning business. So I know a lot of you have like cleaning businesses and stuff like that. And so he's going to share his story. And of course he's an African-American male um, and that's doing good in contracting and has been able to grow a business significantly. I mean, from the streets, from the hood, from the streets to really doing a thriving business. And so I'm really excited that he's going to be on with us as our special guest. We'll talk more about that. But anyway, you all have a wonderful afternoon. Um, have a great weekend and um, I'll check in next time.